0: Welcome to Geeks and Jocks Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Geeks and Jocks. This is Ron Sullivan, recording December 8th, 2020. Hope your listeners are bundled up. If you're in one of those cold parts of the world, country, United States, you know, whatever. Uh, before getting into this episode, this podcast can be found on Anchor.fm. It's also on Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. So as we get into a few more weeks until Christmas, definitely would like to talk a couple things like the NFC East and how big it's gotten with some, a couple other teams. Talk about Warner Brothers with their HBO Max plan for 2021, Nintendo and emulation, and maybe one or two other things for this for this episode. So definitely quite a bit of stuff that I seen with uh, sports, but the big one that I think as we get into it, it, there was this uh, game in. Texas, like a high school game in Texas, like Edinburgh, I believe it was called, and so what happened was that there was this, um, there was this kid that, for Edinburgh that got ejected from the game, and he, he roughed, I think it was like roughing the passer or something, unnecessary, unnecessary roughness, and... On sportsmanlike conduct, and when when that occurred, they, a couple of them were trying to uh, keep them away from from the refs and all that, and obviously, I mean, they they tried whatever they could, and just they couldn't they couldn't do anything. Like just this, this was I think like a, this was a linebacker I think. And this happened, I think this past Friday, if I'm not mistaken, and this was this was the kicker and punter as well. So, I mean, definitely a lot of strength altogether. And Emmanuel Duran. So this was his senior year. So. And just as a quick heads up, this is in Texas. Texas takes their football very, very seriously. And that's the interesting thing, considering um, 30 years ago, the the book Friday Night Lights came about, and obviously got it blew up when the movie came out in 2004 and the TV show that ran for uh, five years. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that ride high on... Trying to uh, impress people. I mean, it—it's basically a religion. That's—that's that's basically what it is. And so yeah, uh, defensive tackle. I think I don't know if it was defensive tackle or linebacker. Once, one of the NBC sites saying uh, defensive uh, tackle, and tackled the ref, and had to be escorted by. By cops, a couple, couple of his own teammates, you know, got him out of there. But obviously, this he he blew his he blew his future to to where it's like he's he got taken out by um, officers, and by what I mean is taken out of the out of the uh, taken off the field, and that's just that's just really ugly. You know, I mean, hopefully this kid learns a lesson. I mean, but I mean, it, definitely some anger issues. I mean, this is when we're talking a teenager here, someone that isn't fully developed mentally. I mean, he he'll probably regret something. I mean, hopefully he does something to where he, you know, redeems himself or something like that. But I mean, I've never I've never seen anyone really ever think about tackling a ref or even I mean there's there's points where you want to insult them I guess but 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 tackling I mean that's a little ridiculous very very ridiculous you know hopefully hopefully the kid can find something good for his future You, you hope you hope so And that takes us to the NFL. Definitely a lot of interesting matchups that occurred. But with recording now, um, the Baltimore-Dallas game hasn't been played yet. And by the time people might watch this later on, uh, the game will probably be finished or whatever. And I would think... I would think Baltimore would win, but you never know. I mean, this is a this is an eight o'clock game. I just think with some of their key figures coming back from from COVID, I mean, I would think Baltimore would have the edge. And yeah, so the first games we're gonna look at: New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans keeping their place as the number one seed in the uh, NFC. This is where they actually threw the ball. Uh, Taysom Hill actually had a really good game, and uh, Alvin Kamara got back into running form. Michael Thomas had a really good game. And just simply put, I mean, defense stifled uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, not, not a good running game compared to last week. Uh, considering it was like 36 yards rushing for um, Ito Smith. But, you know, Calvin really still showing some good stuff, and, you know, Julio Jones, just not a lot of good use out of uh, Todd Gurley. Hasn't really had a great year altogether as far as rushing yards and uh, rushing average, but nine scores for the year. Defense got a couple sacks out of Hill, but, eh, nothing... Nothing too, too great for Atlanta. Definitely struggling a little bit. But here's a big one: Cleveland versus Tennessee. This is, was a big win for for the Browns, considering they scored 38 points in the first half. They almost blew it um, for the, in the second half. But when you look at what they had, I mean, Baker Mayfield had a really huge game: 300 plus yards, four scores. Uh, Nick Chubb had a pretty good game altogether. 80 yards and a score. Uh, Their touchdowns. I mean, there were some big, big yardage touchdowns. And and one of the touchdowns going to a lineman. An eligible lineman. And the defense held its end of the bargain. Some good sacks altogether on uh, Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill... He actually wound up having a, bit, a better game than what some think. I mean, three scores and 389. Uh, it was a Corey Davis, really huge game. A.J. Brown, big game altogether. Uh, Derrick Henry, not the greatest game on the planet. Made 60 yards. But, you know, he, he'll you have those kind of games here and there. So, I believe uh, the Browns lead the... Uh, Wild card in the uh, AFC. Crazy. A 93 Browns team. And actually, the leading wildcard teams. Uh, nine wins for Cleveland and eight wins for uh, Miami and Indianapolis, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, who we got? Uh, Detroit and Chicago. If you want a collapse of of a team... Here's the Bears, and this is the first game since uh, Matt Patricia getting fired for his disastrous Thanksgiving disaster. Huge game out of the Lions as far as uh, Matthew Stafford goes. 400 yards, I mean vintage Stafford. 400 yards, three scores. Um, Adrian Peterson was the leading uh, rusher. I mean, probably should have gotten the ball a little more, but two scores, including the game winner. Marvin Jones having a breakout game, though you probably won't see that again as often. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, I mean, he had a, he had a good game altogether. I mean, there's something about these tight ends for Detroit. It's like like they do well at times, and then it's like they kind of fall off. I don't know what it is, but in the defense, you know, held held themselves in the. Uh, Second half only one score uh, honestly they did a lot of things right Chicago uh, trubisky not the greatest game on the planet but pretty good. David Montgomery had a huge game two scores Cordero Patterson actually was given the ball a little bit. I just don't get it so why not just keep feeding Montgomery the ball like get him utilize him because I feel like he hasn't been fully recognized as a good threat. I mean, his rookie year wasn't too great last year, but it was but it wasn't horrible. I mean, man, nothing out of Jimmy Graham. That's a that's a shame. I mean, this I remember 8 9 years ago how great he was with the uh, Saints. I mean, just not enough to to beat Detroit. So, uh, yeah, pretty much Chicago is not even going to make the playoffs. I mean... And honestly, I feel like we're going to see a firing of, of Matt Nagy sometime. It It's getting to the point where some of the players that used to be on the Bears are showing some deep frustration at, at Nagy. And some of that included uh, Matt Forte criticizing uh, not just not just the staff, but the general manager Ryan Pace. Pace, I guess, hasn't really done anything useful to protect to protect their uh, quarterback uh, or even have a good line to uh, allow the running backs to find holes and go for big gains. I mean that really says something. I mean there was some other players too, but Forte really lit lit a fire. As far as any former Bears players went, And it is a shame. This is like this is one of the great franchises, and the only thing they have to their credit is a, is a Super Bowl from thirty five years ago. Very unfortunate, you know. Compared to say, I don't know, the Packers, the Giants, and a couple other franchises. Speaking of what I said a few minutes ago, uh, Miami and Cincinnati. Cincinnati let's see how far they went on this because let's see what they actually got to over two hundred yards total, but not hugely good considering how putrid the run game is. Like like obviously, I mean Joe Burrow, huge loss. But not having Joe Mixon, I mean just not using Giovanni Bernard all that well and the fact that he hasn't had any respectful uh, seasons over the last couple of years. Obviously their big score was the Tyler Boyd, uh, touchdown catch and run. He got ejected. And so did the dolphins, Xavier Howard. There was a fight. I think there was like another guy for the Bengals that, that got suspended. I, I just saw the name about like an hour ago about, uh, stepping on a player. And actually there was a Tennessee player as well. That stepped on somebody, um, Suspended for the uh, for the next game. Just I I got a feeling that AJ Green's gonna go somewhere else, unless they find a way to keep him. And that if they develop the the team altogether offensively, maybe they can have a a winning effort. I don't know. Uh, Miami uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Tago Veloa. Pretty good, pretty strong game. You know, not his best game yet as a rookie. Uh, 296 in the score. The Gaskin guy getting a good run. Uh, 90 yards total uh, rushing. The tight end, uh, Gasecki, with score. And, and the defense, just playing real well. I mean, this is. This is a case where the defense is holding their end of the bargain. And Brian Flores really having a great second year as a coach. And the fact that they're the second wildcard team. Got to be pretty happy considering all the mediocrity that they've had over the last 19 years. You know, some respect probably for the AFC East. Especially considering uh, the Monday... Monday night game. Uh, Minnesota, they've dug themselves out of a big hole to um, begin the season. They believe they're 1-5, and, and now they're back at five hundred. Uh, overtime win against uh, Jacksonville. I'll tell you something, Jacksonville, th- th- they can play well. It's just a matter of just closing it. I mean, considering Mike Lennon, outside of the two picks, had a decent game. Uh, James Robinson continuing to show that he's a fantastic player, seventy-eight yards and a score. I mean, just they're, they're doing tons of things. It's just a matter of time when um, if if they can be better with uh, Gardner Minshew, and it's not like the defense is giving up that that quickly. It's just maybe they're just gassed out and it. It's just when it comes to crunch time, it they, they 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 falter, they 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 fail in the clutch, and obviously huge game for, for Dalvin Cook and uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a big game. I believe he hit a thousand yards receiving, and actually uh, with with that win. Uh I believe they are in the uh, playoff hunt now. I believe they're actually the last seed in the uh NFC conference. I gotta look at his stats for a second, if I could because I definitely believe he made it to a thousand yards. Yep, thousand thirty nine. Seven scores. I mean that's that's some pretty good stuff and this is first rounder. Not exactly Randy Moss, but hey, holding his own, especially considering the guys they've had. Like uh, they have like a uh, uh, Adam Thielen. Let's see if anyone else was really utilize C J Ham. <laughs> uh, C J Ham had a had a score earlier, and obviously the kicking game doing really well with Dan Bailey. You know, what? they're not giving up that quickly. That's the best I could say. And a good way to rebound uh, from last week, the Indianapolis Colts winning uh, 26-20 against Houston. Phillip Rivers having a pretty good game altogether. No interceptions. Jonathan Taylor, 90 yards. I believe he also had a receiving score. T.Y. Hilton had a huge game. Probably They'll probably be the highlight of the uh, season. And, yep, Houston, they got some rushing touchdowns out of uh, David Johnson and Deshaun Watson. And some of their, I mean, Watson put up some good passing stats as far as yards go, and especially considering that they don't have Will Fuller anymore because he got suspended six games for uh, PED use. Let's see, uh... Yeah, you know, they I mean at least they're playing decently and the only score was a safe in the second half was a safety. <laughs> oh my goodness. The defenses, I mean they they found a way to wreak havoc on the game plans. That's the best you could say. And now for probably the most controversial game of twenty twenty. The <laughs> fact that the Las Vegas Raiders beat the New York Jets in one of the worst examples of a last-minute play that you'll ever see. And the fact that the uh, Raiders were playing this game without Josh Jacobs, pretty telling. Um, They didn't have a huge game altogether. Uh, Their best rusher was Devontae Booker. That guy I, I thought was okay at times when he was, I believe it was with Denver, if I remember. I might be wrong, but uh, Darren Waller, huge, huge game, and and Henry Ruggs with the game-winner on a play where the Jets went all out on the blitzit. I just don't get it, because Sam Darnold, while the completion and attempts aren't as great, uh, a couple touchdowns thrown, and the fact that their running game actually was really good. They ran for over 200 yards. They lost uh, Frank Gore to a concussion, but still, Let's see 178, uh, the, the 200, 200, plus yards. I mean, from the from Johnson, uh, Ty Johnson, the Adams guy, Darnold and Gore. I mean, 74 for Adams, 26 Darnold, Gore with two, Johnson 104, uh, Crowder getting back into form a little bit two scores, and obviously, some are wondering if uh, the Jets did this on purpose. I think it's just the play calling of uh, of Greg Williams, who they fired just now. And, you know, whether or not, I mean, I think, I think regardless, I mean, even if they did win, they would still have the number one pick. I mean, for considering how bad they played prior to this past month or so. I mean, that's not to say that they deserve to win, but the fact being is that probably a lot of factors play into being the number one pick. And honestly, it seems like they're going to be getting Trevor Lawrence. No doubt in my mind they're going to get... And it's just a waste of a pick with Darnold. I mean, he's not horrible, but he hasn't really lived up to being a first-round pick. He just hasn't. Now, if you want upsetting Jets stuff, here's some upsetting Seahawks stuff. Considering that the big, probably the biggest upset of the year is the is the New York Giants beating the Seahawks 17-12, to a score that has happened a couple times already against the two teams. That last score, last time that score happened was back in uh, 86, the last loss the Giants had before they went on to win the rest of the season and win Super Bowl twenty one, And they did this with Colt McCoy, but the run game with uh, Wayne Gallman being huge, over 130 yards rushing, and the fact that the defense stifled uh, Russell Wilson, and I believe this was the f- this is the first time Wilson's lost to the Giants. You had five sacks and uh, interception. I believe there was a fumble at some point. Some poor special teams I saw for the Giants, considering they had a block punt that, thankfully for them, was a safety. But the Giants did their damage in the second half, and... Wilson couldn't really do much. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad performance, but this is the kind of stuff that we've been seeing over the last couple of years with Wilson. It just seems like he he does well to begin the year and then he falters during the last month. Not to say he's playing horribly, but it's not to where okay, he's good, but he's not to where Say, Aaron Rodgers is, uh, Pat Mahomes, and a couple other players. I mean, there's some good choices for MVP. And maybe if it was a month ago, we'd be saying, yeah, Wilson. And this could be the potential uh, wild-card matchup. Considering how well the Giants have played over the last four games. And some good defensive stuff altogether. And with the division rival, the division game between the L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals continuing to slide down, and the Rams take first place again. A lot of it through their run game with Cam Akers and the Henderson guy. Actually, three, three rushing touchdowns altogether. Akers had one, Henderson had one, Jared Goff had one. Goff had a huge game passing the score going to Tyler Higby. Something about those tight end sets, I mean just the amount of stuff you can do with throwing to to all these uh receivers. I mean Robert Woods, ten catches, cup Cooper Cup, eight. I'm kinda of surprised with how good the, the the Rams have played. I don't think it's good enough to make it to to a Super Bowl, but I think they've surprised many in the fact that the run games actually held their end of the bargain after Gurley, was, was, after Gurley left. I mean, as far as... I mean, the Cardinals didn't give up. I mean, Kyler Murray, three scores, and Kenyon Drake, not the greatest rushing performance, but a couple... But, but, but he did get a touchdown. Uh, Hopkins scored uh maybe it's maybe there's just too much expectation on the team to to deliver and with just how huge the division is altogether in terms of competition and I mean they're all playing decent football at points and that includes San Francisco not saying it'll get it gets teams like San Francisco wins but still I mean Rams continue to hold on to first place. Constant battle. Here's a shocker here. 45 nothing New England Patriots beating the LA Chargers. I mean, they're doing this with, with low passing yards. And Cam Newton just playing, playing with a purpose. And this team has the potential to be a playoff team, but they need a lot of things to happen over this next month, if they even want a chance at him. I mean, just, they're running the ball really well, I mean, and Cam Newton altogether, I mean, he just keeps finding ways to get into the end zone. There's something that we haven't seen in probably five years or so, or even to the days of, to his first couple years, where He was like their big scoring machine when he first came into the league. Now, they're not utilizing him all that well as far as the passing game goes because, let's be honest, who does he really have? They don't really utilize James White. Uh, Their best receiver is in Keel Harry. Who knows what's going to happen with Julian Edelman. Maybe it's just getting healthy altogether and just playing well all together at the same time. That's why that's why the Chargers that's why they did well against the Chargers. They didn't really uh, run the ball all that well, the Chargers. Herbert had his worst game so far in his rookie year. None of the guys were ever were really utilized. The best receiver for the day was Keenan Allen. I mean, they're in the hunt but might be too little too late. And here's a little too little too late. The struggles of Philadelphia. They might they need if if Philadelphia wants to win the NFC East, they're gonna have to win their next win their win these next four games and that's that's not possible. I mean the NFC East someone could win the division with six wins. But I don't think anyone wants to see that. But Packers rebound after a couple of years of mediocrity against Philly. Rodgers had a had a big game. Aaron Jones back into back into form. Devontae Adams continuing to be a beast. As for Philadelphia, I think there'll be a lot of question marks into what happens heading into the off season. And I mean, I believe I said this in the last episode, I mean, they could turn on, the fans will turn on their coach pretty quickly. They'll turn on him within a a flash. And who knows if uh, Carson Wentz is even going to be a starter heading into the the New Orleans game. Jalen Hurts showed some flash. Maybe it is to the point where I don't know. You give him a couple games altogether, but it definitely would hurt Carson Wentz's confidence. I think heading for heading forward into a murky future, and there'll definitely be a lot of questions heading into some of it. Not exactly on the coach's fault or anything like that. It's, you don't really have a good offensive line that got banged up with injuries and suspensions. I believe. Or maybe just injuries. I'm thinking back to like last year or something with uh, Lane Johnson suspensions. I mean, Wentz not exactly being healthy and just making poor decisions. That not really having a defense. I mean, there are good players on there, but not to the level of seeing with some of these uh, new guys on Green Bay. I mean, and Wentz has been sacked. A lot, and that probably does not help his health at any point. So, let's see. Two and a half, three and a half, six, seven and a half, eight. Eight sacks. They really got beaten up against Seattle. Got beaten up now against uh, Green Bay. Green Bay going to be probably the second seed, unless New Orleans finds a way to screw up. Now we get into the Sunday night game with uh, Kansas City and Denver. I would have thought this would have been flexed out in favor of something like Cleveland and Tennessee, but nope. Lock not some good and bad. I mean, a couple touchdowns, but a couple picks, and throwing for 150. Melvin Gordon having a huge game, and nothing really all too special as far as the passing game goes. Uh, Defensively, I mean, nothing they can do really against uh, against Kansas City. The only big question mark I would have if I'm the Chiefs is the running game. Just can they can they can they get some form of consistency? That's my big question mark. But Mahomes, I mean, he's still in the running for being a MVP, and Travis Kelsey reaching. Uh, 1,000 yards uh, receiving again. Five seasons with that. I mean, just... Unbelievable player. And, of course, defense making plays when they needed to, particularly Tyron Matthew. Two picks for the Honey Badger. I don't know, just... Like, I know there's times where Steve Spack all those defenses can be a bit questionable. And I say that from seeing... What he was able to do as the Giants' defensive coordinator during their Super Bowl run. But hey, when they when they get good, they're really good. And we'll get to our final two games with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers losing for the first time against Washington. They had to rely on the arm of Alex Smith, who had a really good game altogether, and the fact that the defense. Didn't have to do much other than stop the run game, which was putrid. Both both teams' running games were bad altogether, but but Pittsburgh had the worst end of it. A costly pick at the end of the game. They just there was some there was something with uh, Smith. I think he had like a little bleeding on his, on one of his feet. But hey, he he. He hanged with the best, and they're in second place. So, I mean, if you're Washington, you're hoping for the Giants to to lose a game. I mean, both teams are going to be losing some games altogether. It's just a matter of who gets them coveted wins. And Buffalo? Buffalo! I think you could say that... You could say that... Uh, they could also playoff game, and actually win the division for the first time in a long time. That says something. I don't think they've won the. T- if it's not ninety five, then then ninety eight. I think, or ninety nine. I forget. I I gotta remember because the Jets were good around ninety eight, Miami was a wild card team in 99, I think. But still, I mean, the fact that Josh Allen played lights out, no huge mistakes as far as throwing picks, no picks. You just get a little hesitant on their run game, though. That's the big question mark, I think. Like, how are they going to handle playoff football with Devin Singletary and uh, Zach Moss? And the run game for San Francisco it it's not working. I mean they, they just just try and feed him a little more. Feed feed Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson. What do you got to lose? I mean, probably the season's already over and probably a lot of disappointment considering all the injuries and whatever. Yeah, just lost cause really. I thought this team would at least try to repeat, even with some of the lost players that they had, and getting some, getting some other guys via trades in the draft. So I think as of now, Pittsburgh is still number one, and Buffalo is the second seed. I believe Tennessee is fourth. No no Chiefs Chiefs are second my bad man for, Chiefs Chiefs are second Buffalo's third my apologies and uh, Tennessee fourth. so the, a lot of things will have to happen for the Raiders and the Patriots. They need to see these guys um, in Cleveland, uh, Miami, and Indy. They need to see them lose at least two more games if they even want a fighting chance. They need to win all out, essentially, I think, to uh, the Raiders and Pats. And in the NFC, I mean, Minnesota has a chance. Minnesota has a huge chance. I'm not sure how well the uh, Cardinals can do considering the slide they've had lately and I think it'll be a struggle just to even get to staying 500 or above the rest of the year. So pretty much new Orleans is number one. Still the Packers are number uh, two, three is the Rams and four are the giants right now. So the wild card teams are Seahawks. And if the season ended, they would face the giants again. Um, <laughs> uh, so Seattle, I believe, is the first uh, wild card team. I'm trying to think of who the second, because Minnesota is one. Man, who is that third? Who is that third one? Tampa, Tampa. I keep forgetting. Tampa was on a bye week, but it's not exactly the greatest time probably for the uh, Buccaneers being 7-5 and five, and who knows what's going to happen next for this Bruce Arians team who knows is there going to be a slide like in several years past when they had Jameis Winston I don't know I would think they would make the playoffs I would think they would have a chance to be at best a 10 win team Something they haven't done in 10 years, actually. (laughs) They haven't smelled the playoffs in 12 years either. Actually, 13 years. They had a winning record in in 08, but they didn't make it. Same record as in 07, but not enough. So, getting into the NBA a tiny bit. and There's some Christmas games coming about. And... I think there was something a while ago of players getting frustrated about having to play that quickly. And this is something I'll say. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, knows he lost a lot of money for the league. A lot was lost. And you see the fact that you know no fans. And obviously, I think for this year, they're not going to have any fans again. The fact that their ratings weren't exactly anything worth seeing and all the political stuff that occurred, obviously that has not helped. And this was something I looked up about not too long before recording of taking a loan where the teams are given $30 million to keep them afloat. I mean this is something that both them and the NHL they they're trying to do whatever they can to survive this this year and with I believe it was Pfizer uh, being the uh, being given the approval for the vaccine I mean they're they're hoping I would think to get the vaccine going I mean, you're they're hoping probably probably next fall to have fans back in the stands, back back in these arenas. You would hope. You you would you would hope so, and I mean, especially with like the Olympics coming in July to make up for last year. I don't know, but Adam Silver knows that his bottom line. Was really bad. I'm just I'm assuming he knew how bad it was going to be, and I think he does. I feel like he does understand that he can't always bend down to the players. But the fact is, Christmas is a big deal for the NBA. That's how they get their ratings at times. When you have five games going throughout the throughout Christmas Day. Now, there's been times in the past where coaches have criticized, teams have criticized playing on Christmas and something leagues don't really do. I mean, the NFL does at times, but they try their best to not have it a key factor. They'll have games on Christmas Eve, but Christmas Day, they try to avoid that. Sometimes they'll they'll have games, but not to the level of the NBA. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming back. The NBA's coming back and whether... How much people will come back to it? I, I it's something that Silver's going to take a good look at throughout the year, especially as they remove all the political stuff off of stuff like the jerseys and the and the courts. I mean, I mean they're obviously going to be trying to play in other places. There's something going back to the NFL a tiny bit. There's something about whether or not there'd be like a football bubble or something for the playoffs. I'm not sure that would even work. It's a lot different than playing on a court or on or on an ice rink because I, mean, I guess maybe if you were to play it at, say, Indianapolis, Dallas, uh, Houston, and a couple of these places that use artificial turf, I guess it could work, but you would need to really make sure that the grass is is well done after each. I mean, you could have potentially two games at a stadium, but you gotta really make sure that maintenance does a really good job. Like it's it's a, I th- I feel like it's a lot more complicated than having an NBA game. That's just my opinion on it. Whew. A lot of sports. A lot of sports talk at over 40 minutes. So one of the big things as we head on into movies. So obviously it hasn't been a good year for movie theaters. Obviously you're not going to see anybody, like huge crowds go to see the big releases or anything like that. A lot of it's through digital streaming and the apps that have been coming about over this past year or two and so Warner Brothers and this is something that has blown up a little bit from people that have worked at the studio and uh, some companies that have been involved in distributing some of their stuff through Warner Brothers they they're planning to have for 2021 and I think it's just for 2021 only to have their movies Released on HBO Max the same day that they're released in movie theaters, and this does not sit well with Legendary Pictures. It does not sit well for uh, Christopher Nolan, who has worked with Warner Brothers over the years. You know, Dunkirk, uh, Inception, the uh, Batman trilogy for the most part. Uh, that's pretty much his most recognized work. You yeah. know through Warner Brothers, and through his career. And just basically, Legendary Pictures, which I'll start with, they've been involved in making some big movies. Um, they've, they've been in the process of making a Godzilla movie, which has cost over $150 million in terms of a budget. Uh, Dune, which the original came out way back in the mid-80s, and there were some games during the mid-90s, especially for uh, Sega Genesis and Sega CD. Uh, That movie has had like $170 million in budget. And there's a potential of them suing Warner Brothers. So obviously they haven't looked all that well over the last month or so. And I guess what it sounded like... um, no one was notified no one was told hey this is what this is what they're going to do for 2021 and there's not a lot of stuff they got going on but there's definitely like uh, Matrix 4 Suicide Squad one movie I'll talk about in a second uh, which I'll get into later it just just all this stuff is like from places like variety, uh, collider let's see what other places it's just i mean the verge, cnbc, i mean they're all they're doing all this sort of stuff, you know. I mean this is a big deal. This is a huge deal because for for how to determine success a lot of success of movies comes from whether, A, they do really well in theaters, or maybe that rare chance that they actually do well on home video. And that was a big deal at points throughout the 80s, and I would say even the early 90s. You would have movies that would do modestly well, or maybe not too well in the theaters, but they enjoy a good life via home video. I mean, that's why VHS rentals were a big thing back then. You were able to get the big movie. Maybe you didn't have the money to buy VHS tapes You know, and have the movie for your own leisure. Even I'm struggling a little bit to figure out how this will help Warner Brothers. I'm really I mean, is it trying to get people subscribed to the app I guess I mean and I'm not sure if it will help them out for this year especially if especially whenever the vaccine comes in and some of these movies I mean they depend on people going to the movie theaters regardless of whether they're flops or hits they depend on those people to see to see those movies in the theater and it's not like everything is shut down completely compared to where we are in Mar- back, back in March but still I mean it's their it's their decision and it, it also drew like the ire of AMC theaters who actually had issues earlier in the year with Universal and they made a deal and the two of them Squashed their beefs and uh, came up with a deal that benefited benefited both of them. I just, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm struggling to see where this would work, and it's not. I think it's what like fifteen bucks a month for HBO Max. I remember the pricing being a little high, and there definitely is original stuff. But are people really gonna bite on some of this? I mean, some will, but you also have the people that are already subscribed to this stuff. So, who are you trying to attract this to? Especially if it's you know something like Suicide Squad or, or whatnot. I mean, you already got people subscribed to it. So, how many are you really going to gain if they go to HBO Max? And there's actually the one movie that I'll talk about just a tiny bit... I'm not sure how this will do, but Tom and Jerry. If I'm being honest, I hate Tom and Jerry. It's one of the cartoons I do not like. If I want to watch something where someone is chasing somebody, I'd rather watch Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. It's just, I'm more of a Looney Tunes guy. and To be honest, I've never really been a huge fan of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. There's some stuff I do like, but altogether their brand of cartoons don't really impress me. Sorry to anyone that if I hurt their feelings, but that's just my opinion. But it's kind of like a live action cartoon type thing. Almost like, kind of like Roger Rabbit a little bit and several other cartoons. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't, they haven't done a they haven't done like a theatrical movie since ninety two i believe ninety two or ninety three and that one when that came out was a massive flop and nobody liked it I would think this would have a better reception and you, there are some people that are in it i think uh chloe grace Moritz and uh Michael Pena are in it i mean so definitely got a little bit of star power. But, I mean, how can you really turn uh, a simple six- to eight-minute cartoon into a full-length movie? I feel like that's way more difficult than doing something like the Flintstones way back in the mid-'90s. I mean, or, heck, you you could do another Animaniacs movie or another Tiny Toon Adventures movie. or at least do something like what they have with their specials I mean there's just other stuff that just seems ripe for uh, having a movie Tom and Jerry I don't see it not to mention the last time they really did I'm trying to think of the last movie that was Yogi Bear I think the movie did okay but no one liked that movie nobody really liked that movie Shame that uh, Scooby-Doo, that the Scoob movie, didn't hit theaters. I honestly think it would have done well. I think a lot of people would have loved the cartoon nature of it. And, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I think people would have loved it, just from how it looked and just that felt like a Scooby-Doo movie. Well, it felt like something like the like the show. Yeah, it's just. It's just, it's just, it's weird. I mean, it's going to feel weird when I start 2021 with talking about the six or seven movies that I've seen, that I saw in the theater. And over the last two years prior to this year, I saw quite a show, like 15 plus films. Like, I was like seeing movies constantly. And, you know, it's... No, it's just, I like I like the idea of going to the movie theater. I always I've had over the last couple of years just the thrill of getting your ticket, getting getting something like nachos or popcorn, you know. And the only time 2020 with anybody going to the movie theaters with me was watching Impractical Practical Jokers* the movie with my father, you know. It's usually I'm on my own But hey I'm sure that's the case For some people too Just watching the movies on their own definitely, is, definitely helps a bit Being alone at times Because you know what No one bothers you about the movie Otherwise it'd be like that one episode of Seinfeld Where you keep talking during the movie And uh, yeah You lose friendships <laughs> I digress Uh I think one of, the, think one of the last things I'll get into is, uh, is gaming, especially with uh, Nintendo. Something about them—it's just they, they—they they find ways to anger fans, and unfortunately, they're still a company where they'll sucker anybody into buying games that are still $60 3 years later. I mean even if even if some of those titles are good, I mean they just they don't have a grasp on on the world outside of their Japan division, their Japanese division. And I think it's unfortunate when emulation becomes a problem for them and they stifle the scene a lot more especially with game preservation now these days and just putting games out on archive to show you know a lot of these titles that uh, that haven't seen the light of day in well over 15 20 years or, or more there's a lot of games you will never find anywhere except on like abandonware for for computers I mean, there was a game one of my sisters uh, talked about they, she had trouble remembering and it was a game, I think it was called LA Crackdown, it was like a late 80's game and they and she talked about this was like a couple of years ago, talking about it and talking about playing it on a Tandy computer I mean, that's stuff you can't find but back to Nintendo for a second for, for the time being. Uh, the way Nintendo is, I mean, they have their right to protect their properties, but there comes a point, I think, where it's like, they're really the only company that is very stingy when it comes to to emulation, modding, and all that. And a few weeks ago, they uh, canceled, they they issued a cease and desist on a... Uh, on a tournament called the Big House, which has been around for almost a decade, they do Super Smash Brothers uh, tournaments. They do it every year, and because of COVID, they were planning to use a mod called Slippy, which allows them to play online against each other, and the Smash Brothers. Games since uh, Brawl, from stuff that I've heard, they've they've had really bad netcode, and it, it it has something to do with like the latency of um, the games online, and certain games are good and some are not. Fighting games, from what I understand, are typically the worst when it comes to it, and if it's a really bad netcode, some of those games are going to feel very glitchy and smash brothers because of how different it is as a whole and in terms of being a fighter which i don't i don't see it as a fighter i see it as a four player party game where you get three others with you and you have a blast playing with items and all that and the competitive scene is probably one of the worst communities that i've seen for gaming easily one of the worst, if not the worst community ever. Especially anyone that's into that into the Melee game. Which, if you want, this is my take on it, I don't like it. I like the original on the N64, and I like the uh, Wii game of Brawl. I've tried the one on Wii U once, and I didn't mind it. I just, you know, that's that's definitely one of the games I wouldn't mind getting into if I had a Wii U. But, yeah. Um, so, this caused a lot of backlash after Nintendo issued out a warning and then a, then a cease and desist. And Smash Brothers has had a really rough year altogether for, for, the, for their community considering a lot of... Back in the summer, there was a... There was like a big controversial time with um, various people being called out for being pedophiles and and grooming of underage and this included women by the way being pedophiles too so this is just it's just gross altogether and obviously there's there has to be a lot of stuff that has to be done before. Smash Brothers can even be taken seriously, but that's that's another talk for another day. I'm sure there'll be something down the road that we'll see, but with with this big house tournament being canned, Nintendo was planning to do something this past weekend with. Uh, splatoon 2 now I've heard good things about it it's a different type of game compared to most competi- compared to most online games but from from what it sounded like um, a lot of people and a lot of teams decided to support uh the big house by making may- names involving putting in melee and and as a result, uh, this was supposed to be like a live stream, I believe, and Nintendo canceled it. They was like citing operational challenges. I don't think they want to come out and say because it was the people in support of Melee, because it would make them look look even worse. I think even if even if they were being honest, there there was no. There was no winning at any point for them. And it goes into what I think is a big issue regarding them. I and like as I said, it has to do with emulation. Now, obviously, a company does have a right to protect their property. And for gaming, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of games that probably have been pirated so much that... <sighs> that it, it does stifle sales of a game. And you see it's, it's you that with, with computers and uh, any games released on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and the new systems, potentially. The new systems will probably have that issue as well down the road. And while I do understand where Nintendo is going, at the same time, GameCube GameCube has been dead for about twelve years now, thirteen years. This the system hasn't had any re releases and melee hasn't been re released at any point. The only time Smash Bros. has had a re release was when the original on the N sixty four got re released on the Wii. There's been no other way to uh, play Melee... Other than play it on the GameCube. And... If you want my opinion on the GameCube right now... It's it's a system you can't get into. It's, I'm sure probably like five years ago you could. But the fact is... Well, there's a lot of games that go for like 60 to $80. And not everyone is going to pony up the cash... To pay that much for games that you'll probably beat once and forget about it for a while, or maybe not come back to it because they lack specific features or lack spec- lack stuff that makes it replayable. I don't know. It's just there's. It's all subjective, but it's not easy to get your hands on a GameCube. It's not easy to today, and honestly. I mean, I don't. I, I don't I, they re released Sunshine, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, with that Mario All Stars 2. And, I mean, the idea of GameCube emulation could be there. It could seriously be there. But, uh, just Nintendo being a bit stubborn and arrogant when it comes to emulation. Because they probably won't. They, they, they probably wouldn't. I gotta be careful with what I'm saying because Nintendo has also been against uh, tournaments, Smash Brothers altogether. Like they, like the, they issued out a statement that they had no involvement with like Smash Brothers at all when the harass, sexual harassment and allegations came came into play. Like they, they, they basically kept stayed out of the spotlight. I mean, which is understandable. But, why not re-release some of these games? Like, why not re-release some of the games on the N64 or the GameCube and put them on the Switch? I mean, I mean some of the NES and the SNES stuff is cool and all, and it's nice, but it can't be that difficult to take stuff like you did with the Wii and putting the games on the Wii Shop it can't be that difficult but then again backwards compatibility with specific systems on some of it just doesn't hold up well in terms of being compatible and that's something that's been a problem for a long time PC has that problem, PS3 had that problem, Xbox systems do even if some of the games work well there'll be other titles that won't or they just won't operate at all. That's why there's something that I just caught wind of not too long ago over the last couple of days that that is gonna work, which I'll get into has the potential to work altogether and be a revolutionary for for pc people which I'll get into soon but Just, it's a shame that Nintendo doesn't really listen. I mean, at times they don't need to, which is good, but this is one of those times where it's like they, they need to understand why people are into this and not get not be so happy when when things happen to some of their games. Modding has been around for a very long time. There have been tons of mods for Doom since the games were released back in 93 there've been plenty of mods for Bethesda games GTA and Rockstar Sonic oh, there's a lot of Sonic fan games and Sega doesn't do doesn't do anything they they allow it i mean there's some cool stuff people do i mean even some of the sports games they the fact that Tecmo doesn't go after the people who do the hacks for Tecmo Super Bowl i mean some people love playing Tecmo Super Bowl. The NES version by the way for that and you get teams like like the Texans. You get you get Baltimore, you get all 32 and specific players for each team. How cool is that? You know? I mean, emulation is here to stay and it it sucks that Nintendo ruins it for people because they they not just ruin people who want the games that have been out of print for a long time or haven't been sold in a long time but a lot of games that haven't seen the light of day games that on systems that you don't hear of or you you do know of but they'd have issues like say or you can't find them like say i don't know a commodore or a windows 3 game and, Sega stuff, Atari stuff. They just, it, they they just, it, it hurts emulation. I mean, I understand they're within their rights, but are some of these games for? Uh, are some of these games from the NES era really gonna hurt Nintendo? Is a little mod really gonna hurt a GameCube game that? Has a very vocal minority. I don't think it would. I mean. But. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm sure this. uh, This stuff will probably be forgotten. In a month or two. And. Probably the next time. A controversy like this happens. I'm sure this will be brought up. At some point. Now one of the. Things that I'm seeing a lot of is scalping. Now scalping has been around for for a long time. It's something people have done to make a quick buck or charge an exuberant amount of money. Because I think some people will buy into it, and you know it it's landed people in trouble, either going to jail or they they don't get refunds if they don't allow refunds and multiple other stuff. With game consoles, it's no different. You'll see plenty of people try to get their hands on on systems, out-of-print stuff, and it it's happened with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. And I think it's blown up a lot more because because of the way the pandemic is. The way it has been over the last nine months it you can't really go to the stores to get to get these two systems and I mean I'm sure there some of them are in stores. It's just how much will you find and if it's the last one or not or if someone already is waiting for that system to be picked up by them. With pre orders there's probably a lot of there's probably some people that do whatever they can to snatch up all the PS fives and Xbox series. And I'm sure whenever Nintendo does their next system they will. So probably people will do that as well. Probably not as huge, but and people will charge way more than the initial price tag. There are times where people will be spending a thousand dollars just to get their hands on on the newest toy. I mean, it it happens. It, it it happens to where it's like people will do anything to get the hottest toy. Why do you think the movie Jingle All the Way exists? <laughs> Granted, different era and you know the craziness of the holiday season. And people bumping up prices—I mean, kind of, kind of has its place in reality a little bit, despite how ridiculous the movie is. But just overall, yeah, holiday stuff—it it gets crazy, and, it's get, and it gets crazier because hey, digital has become a big deal. Online shopping is a is an even huger deal right now, and not a lot of foot traffic for for the stores. I mean I mean just if you're like me have some patience. Now, I'm personally waiting a year to get to get get one of these systems. I'm going to wait a little bit because honestly, there's not a lot that that interests me. Definitely some games that I want. The Sackboy game seems interesting. Uh probably probably the new Ratchet and Clank whenever that comes out. Uh I don't know, maybe that new Spider-Man game, but I, I need to play the uh, first one that came out a couple of years ago. You know, Miles Morales seems like it'd be a decent game. But you know what? Sometimes waiting isn't a bad thing. It just isn't. And just just don't... Just, just make sure you have enough money on you and just don't if you're if you're desperate for stuff for the holidays i mean don't just hold on and think about how much that extra money will benefit if you decide to go christmas shopping it, it you, know, you find stuff for your family you know don't just don't overindulge. you know be think of what your family would want or your or your own little family, or, you know, pets, or anything, really. Charities. It's, it's, to me, it's not worth spending $1,000 on a game system. It just isn't. And I'll end this episode with the with that emulation thing I was talking about um, about, like, five minutes ago, I think. Um... DOSBox X. So what is DOSBox X? So, I guess if I had to talk about it, you have to go all the way back to the mid-2000s with with DOSBox. So DOSBox has been around since, since 2002. And It was a way at the time to get people, for people who wanted to play their old MS DOS games, Microsoft Disk Operating System, or just Disk Operating System. DOS had been around since 1981 and it was finished in 2000, primarily because most people moved on to CDs and the operating systems were getting more powerful and powerful with the medium, and companies didn't see much of a reason, especially as game files got bigger and bigger, you know, to the point where, you know, now these days, everything's digital, and they require gigabytes upon gigabytes of of storage size. You know, that's something my father talks about, not having, like, a gigabyte of storage on Windows 95 back then. I mean, games were pretty much bite size. I mean, we're talking games that had maybe like 10 megabytes. Sometimes more, sometimes less. But with DOSBox, it was a way for people to play DOS games on, say, Windows XP or anything older. And they have been, over the years, having stable releases of of the uh, app. And the last one that was stable was back in June of 2019, so a year and a half ago. And there was some controversy early on in its usage because some companies, like its software, uh, re released some of their games via DOSBox. I think like Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein was one of the big games that caused a lot of controversy for it. And I, I've used I've used it for a long time. I've I've used it since 2012 when I finally understood how to use it, and it's been my way of playing specific DOS games, specifically a lot of the IT software stuff. And boy, I got some stuff I want to talk about next week when talking about it, There's some good stuff here. And there's some DOSBox stuff with Archive.com. and One of the great things about Archive, Internet Archive, is that they're doing whatever they can to preserve all these games. And they're doing a lot with the DOS stuff and a lot of the older systems like the Atari stuff, the Sega stuff. Like they're doing a really, really good job, but with um, but with this DOSBox X thing, one of the big issues has come down to where DOSBox is only used for DOS, and with what's what Box X is trying to do is make games from Windows 95 and 98 work on a modern computer because it's become next to impossible to get a number of those games to work properly. And I'm sure that's the case with, I'd say, XP 2000 and maybe one or two other operating systems in particular and I think this is a cool idea. I think this is something that could work really well and get people interested in a lot of those games that have never seen the light of day. And while Steam and G- good old games is a- are great for having a number of those games from that era on their, um, on their platforms, it's not going to be all of it. So, yeah, basically on the website um, running DOS applications including emulating the environments to run Windows 3.x, 9x, and ME Millennium Edition. And software written for those versions of Windows adding official support for emulation and acceleration. We hope that those old Windows games and applications could be enjoyed or used once more. And it's actually does support for a Japan computer called the NEC PC-98. Honestly, I think this is going to be something, like I said, if this is something that they'll support for the next three, four years, count me in on this. Because there's some good stuff from like Windows 95 that I like and would love to experience all over again. Because I do have some stuff that that will probably never see Steam ever at any point. So, yeah, that's it for this episode of Geeks and Jacks. Definitely going to have some interesting episode ideas, especially with that id, Id software thing. Uh, maybe talk some favorite Christmas films. And who knows what goes on in the NFL. So with that, episode 53 of Geeks and Jocks. This is Ryan Sullivan. Quick reminder that this podcast is on Anchor.fm and it's also on Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Hope to hear your listeners on the next podcast. Stay safe, keep warm, and keep healthy as we venture further into this pandemic. Take care, everyone.